1: It's indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here in San Francisco. Oliver's back uh, in New York sitting in for Carol Masser. And, uh, Oliver, you know, these, these, v- no decision yet from the Trump administration, so we eagerly await that. Uh, but lots of other things going on and, and uh, uh, in moving forward towards electric and even autonomous vehicles.
2: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about cars and get some insight from uh, one of the many conferences that's going on around the country right now. So I'm looking forward to hearing about it. First, let's get the latest in business news headlines from Charles right. I Thank you
0: very much, Corey Johnson. Thank you, Oliver. We've got stocks driving lower right now with the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all declining. Stocks are falling as a decline in trading revenue at J.P. Morgan Chase sends bank shares lower. J P Morgan Chase down 2.4%. Treasuries rose. The dollar and oil retreated. West Texas Intermediate down 3% at 48.18 a barrel, down a dollar forty-eight. Gold up 7.60 the ounce to 12.69, up 6 tenths of 1%. The 10-year up one thirty-second. the yield now 2.21%. So the S&P 500 index pairing a monthly gain. We have got 28 minutes to go until we wrap up trading for the month of May. As for the big picture for equities, Brian Jacobson is chief portfolio strategist at Wells Fargo Funds Management.
2: The market rally has really been driven by three forces. The first is that that the central banks are still broadly accommodative. European Central Bank is still doing its asset purchases. The Fed is going to take it nice, you know, take a low and slow approach to hiking rates. Economic data back at the end of the summer started turning more positive. I think that helped. And then also you had the outlook for regulatory and tax reforms supporting uh, U.S. equities in general.
0: And today we got the beige book report from the Federal Reserve. It said the U.S. economy continued to grow modestly or moderately in nearly all regions in recent weeks, though new signs. Science- Appear that optimism has waned in some districts. Recapping SP down two points now to twenty four ten, a drop of one-tenth of one percent, the Dow down twenty-eight, down one-tenth of one percent, NASDAQ down nine, down two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellett, that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
2: Quiet day indeed in the equity markets. Charlie Pellet, thank you very much.
1: the question. Can we keep on trucking the way we have in this country for the last few decades, or are things going to change when we get to a world with autonomous vehicles in the world of trucking? Todd Fowler joins us right now, transportation logistics analyst with KeyBank Capital Markets. And, uh, Todd, uh, th- this notion of autonomous vehicles gets really interesting when you talk about the impact it would have on the world of trucking. Do you think that this is something we're going to see in the next 10 years?
3: You know, guys, uh, good afternoon. and Thanks for having me. Uh, I'll tell you, it is a very interesting concept. You know, uh, we're hosting our, our annual Bank Capital Markets uh, Industrial Automotive and Transportation Conference and autonomous trucking is a topic that, you know, maybe two or three years ago wouldn't have come up in just traditional meetings, talking with transportation companies, talking with suppliers into the OEs. And, you know, our conference this year, we've got over 140 companies, and a lot of the companies are startup companies in the respective industries, as this is more of a relevant topic that investors are, are very much focused on. Uh, I'll tell you that, you know, we had a very good panel today with some lively discussion uh, from some established providers uh, I would say as far as a firm outlook, it's something that a lot of companies are paying very close attention to and we're probably going to see more autonomy in the next five to ten years. You know, full autonomy is probably still somewhere that's further down the road, uh, but it's definitely a topic that uh, the investment community is very much focused on.
2: Hey, Todd, what are the sort of hurdles i guess the uh the the hurdles that you got to jump to make uh, autonomy a thing within big vehicles when we talk about transportation when we talk about trucks i mean is it just uh scaling up the same technology what are the sort of different things you have to think about
3: well you know, I would say that from a technology standpoint and I can speak more towards, you know, covering the transportation companies, which is really, you know, my area of focus. You know, a lot of the things that the traditional trucking companies are focused on uh is number one, I mean, just the connectivity connectivity and the technology that's available and it doesn't seem we're quite to the point where we're gonna see fully autonomous on the road uh at What do you mean know, connectivity? uh basically being able to connect you know trucks with other trucks you know if you're looking at a peloton type application uh, and also being able to connect the trucks with you know other sort of sorts of operating systems Um, So there's there's an investment that comes along, you know, with doing that. You get into a replacement cycle uh, from fleets. And then one of the things that trucking companies are obviously, you know, very, very cognizant of is, you know, they've got an employee base that is a a group of truckload drivers, uh, and they want to make sure that, you know, uh, they're managing their their employee uh, workforce uh, as they continue to test and and look at some of these technologies. Uh,
2: Todd, when you look at some of the companies here, I guess, who's the leading sort of uh – uh um innovator in this realm i know you've got to you mentioned a few here tell us about some of the uh, corporates the public companies that are leaving
3: leading the charge well what i would say is that you know as far as so to having speak. A, i'm sorry <laughs> Le- leading the charge right? oh, at least leading the charge right come on <laughs> Le- leading the group of trucks you know I, I would say that you know any of the large publicly listed well-capitalized companies you know are paying very close attention to these technologies uh, our sense you know coming out of the the conference and some of the commentaries is probably something that 's going to be a little bit more evolutionary versus revolutionary, driven by things like investment in safety type technology first that 's going to help with uh, insurance costs and, and, and driver productivity, and some things along those lines. But if you think about any of the large, well-capitalized fleets that can make that sort of investments, that can work on doing things just as basic as reducing their fuel economies. If you think about, you know, pairing two trucks together uh, that can tr- travel in a closer proximity than what they might be able to if they don't have some sort of uh, enabling technology, you might be able to save as much as you know, five percent fuel economies on the lead truck, ten percent fuel economies on the second truck, uh, and those are those are big cost savings in a, in a very low-margin business. Um, so, you know, I would say that, you know, there aren't any, you know, one or two companies that I would point to that are saying, you know, are really out in front, uh, but when you think about the publicly listed companies that can make this sort of technological investment, uh, they're probably the ones over time who would be able to adopt this this technology sooner rather than later.
1: Um, it's it's interesting, too, that, uh, you know, that some of the things that, you know, it's hard to imagine making the jump, right, from semi-autonomous to fully autonomous, because some of the things that make you... Semi-autonomous, but would but might literally lead you to be asleep at the wheel, um, and and would exactly the th- the thing you don't want when you're when you're still going to be relying on a driver.
3: Well, I mean, I think that we're all you know, pretty comfortable flying in planes where you know, the pilot's going to be doing some of the, the takeoff and landing operations, and then it becomes you know, more autonomous once we're in the air. Uh, I think that that's probably the evolution of what we'll see you know, on the commercial vehicle side. Uh, I think the days of seeing a, a truly driverless truck are, are much further out in the future. Uh, and one of the things that was highlighted in on one of the panels that we hosted here today is that you know, we're probably going to see you know, more long-haul applications first you know, right. versus intercity driving. Uh, so basically, if you can get a truck out onto an interstate It's got, you know, it's called a 1,000-mile length of haul. You know, you'll have a driver who's going to help, you know, get it on the on-ramp. And, you know, once it's actually traveling on the interstate, you know, then we'll be more in an autonomous mode. But, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, concerns and, you know, uh, things that the motoring public thinks about. Uh, But I would say one of the interesting commentaries that we've heard very consistently, both from, uh, you know, the commentary at our conference here today as well as some of the channel work that we've done, uh, is that the government's actually moving relatively quickly, you know, realizing that this is something that's going to happen sooner rather than later and and trying to put the uh, appropriate regulations in
1: place. Todd Fowler, I really appreciate it. Uh, I want to point out, though, uh, Todd, uh, Todd, of course, joining us from Keybank Capital Markets and Oliver, that there are driverless trucks right now. I mean, there's one mm-hmm. parked right in front of our bureau here in San Francisco, it's just alongside the curb. But once it's moving, you're going to want a driver in that truck. <laughs> Jump in that thing and go for a ride, Corey. Just, just want to point out what's really going on there. Uh, thank you very much, Todd Fowler from Keybank. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio with Nathan Hager right now with a save and world announcement news <laughs> headlines for One studios in Washington, D.C.
2: While well, driving the news here in Washington, Corey, the Russia election meddling investigation and reports that fired FBI Director James Comey plans to testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee as soon as a week from tomorrow. That is according to the Wall Street Journal, which says Comey will echo his memo that says President Trump urged him to drop the investigation into Michael Flynn's Russia ties. It remains
3: to be seen exactly what he'll say. It also remains to be seen uh, how much access the, the Senate Intelligence Committee or the House Intelligence Committee is going to get to the Comey memos or to internal FBI documents uh, regarding their investigation. So you still have these separate tracks that are that are ongoing.
2: It's Bloomberg national security reporter Chris Strom. Ongoing at the White House right now, President Trump meeting with Vietnamese Prime Minister Nguyen Suan Phuc. We're going to be discussing trade. We're going to be discussing North Korea. And we have many things to uh, talk about, and we look forward to being together. President Trump, though, does say the U.S. has a major trade deficit with Vietnam. Ahead of this visit, the prime minister had said he would announce $15 to $17 billion in new deals with the U.S. The White House says the companies that stand to benefit include GE, Honeywell, Hilton, Caterpillar, and UPS. Still no claim of responsibility for one of the worst attacks in Afghanistan's capital since the U.S.-led invasion in 2001. At least 93 people are dead, another 450 hurt in a suicide truck bombing near the German embassy in Kabul. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts. In more than 120 countries, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.